Guys, welcome back to the Grad Life podcast. Uh, we're very lucky to have with us today Ashling Byrne, who is an associate in the Risk Consulting Group in KPMG. Ashling, thanks for joining. Hi, Mark. Thanks, Elaine, for having me. Not at all. So, we, you and I did the same college course, Commerce in UCD. Yes, exactly. Um, and, uh, I loved what it. Year, <laughs> what year did you graduate? So, I graduated in 2017. Um, so started 2014, did the three years straight through. Um, so I didn't take that year. That's kind of optional to do an internship if you want. Um, so yeah, I started in 2014 and kind of like had to dive straight into it because it's it's a short degree, you know, being three years. Um, I kind of didn't realize that at the time, but you need to kind of get straight into having, you know, your, your game plan together and kind of trying to figure out what you want to do in terms of like internships, exchanges, um, for, kind of from the get-go. Did you have that kind of mapped out? We're going to get onto your exchange in a few minutes, but like you're yeah. doing well there. So you kind of played the game. You knew what grades to hit and that sort of thing. Kind of. Like definitely not starting in September, October. I had no idea what, what was going on. Yeah. But um, I was really lucky. There was a couple of friends of mine the year ahead of me in Commerce International and Economics and Finance. Um, and they kind of, kind of pointed out a few things to me, like to get involved in societies from the get-go. And there was a couple of trips, like the the London Insight Week and um, that the careers um, department they run. And they'd said, like, this is such an amazing week. They'd both done it and just said, get on it. Because, you know, obviously when you're in first year, you don't really know what to do in terms of internships or, you know, anything really from, you're straight out of, um, you know, the leaving suit. But they said it's a really good one just to kind of like figure out what companies are out there and what might be of interest to you. Um, so that was honestly the reason just by pure kind of like potluck that the two of them guided me and said, get involved in things and have a look at all these various opportunities that are there from the start. Yeah, geez, well played. And then uh, you decided, so you're really well guided and you thought about this stuff a lot and you decided not to do the year-long internship. What was the thinking behind that? Well, I kind of thought like when you're you're that close to being finished college, like it's your third year at that stage, I thought I'd rather do a summer internship that should probably give me enough insight into if I like the company or not. Um, and then if I do like it, I'd probably prefer to start straight on to a grad program, you know, and start kind of like laying my roots rather than back into college again. And I just kind of heard from a couple of people that from for me anyway, I think I prefer to kind of go for things 100 percent. And if I was kind of dipping in for a whole year, I don't know how easy it would be for me to get back into the kind of college life for a whole year again, you know? Yeah. OK. And to go from having like income to going broke again. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I thought I'll dip my toe in with the summer internship and that should hopefully be enough. <laughs> and we mentioned then the uh, thing you did opt into was the exchange and you went to Singapore. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was so lucky to get to Singapore. Um, I think it was probably one of the best things. It definitely is one of the best things, if not the best thing I've ever done. Um, so that's in commerce. It's your, you do it for six months for the second half of second year. Um, so again, like you kind of have to be on the ball from first year. Your applications for exchange went in at the end of first year for your exchange in commerce. Um, and I, I didn't I didn't have any particular link to Singapore or any, you know, there was no particular draw except that I knew I wanted to travel. And a lot of people had said it's one of the best bases to be in if you if you want to travel. So obviously you're the doorstep of Southeast Asia and um, everywhere is pretty much, you know, an hour or two hour flight from where you are. So yeah, we took full advantage of that while we were there and um, jetting off nearly every weekend to oh, a new country. You can just go like yeah. Bali is I think a 40 minute plane away. Like where, where did you go? Yeah, we did. We did Bali. We did Thailand three times, I think, because it's so close to Singapore. 
um, obviously in Malaysia, you can get the bus up to Malaysia. Is, um, okay. It's actually connected. So yeah, we went there for Chinese New Year, which was really cool. Um, we did Cambodia, Vietnam, the Philippines. And then that was all during the actual four months exchange itself. Because um, the classes are kind of strangely structured in Singapore, rather than the Irish kind of structure is more, you might have an hour class or a two hour class spread over the week. They do four and a half hour block classes, just four of them every week nice. um, in Singapore Management University, where I was anyway. So we were able to kind of structure our week really well so that we kind of had a two day week and a five day weekend. So we got a lot of travel in that way, which was That amazing. is incredible. God, yeah. you absolutely nailed that. Like there was nothing else you could have done pretty much to make that better. It was, yeah, it was, it was great. And then at the end we decided to go because you're obviously you're so far away from home at that stage. It's probably the closest you'll ever be to get to Australia in a shorter time period. So we went to Australia for a month at the end um, before Imagine. coming home. And it wasn't just you guys from uh, UCD, there was uh, Trinity people there and like people yeah. from all over the world. Exactly, yeah. So there was a group from Bess as well um, that were in SMU with us, which was great. It was just really nice, you know, to have, you know, once you hear the Irish accent, it could kind of puts you at ease. So it yeah. was really nice. And then exactly, it's a complete melting pot in Singapore. It's, you, it's a fantastic place to meet people from loads of different cultures. And, you know, you're working with tons of different people on projects. You're not just put with your university. And you're completely mixed into, you know, exchange students and also, you know, national students from Singapore. Um, so, yeah, it was it was fantastic. I definitely recommend if anyone's considering like to look into it and to talk to people who've done done one to see where it might kind of suit your interests, you know. Yeah, for sure. How did that impact your culture and intelligence, do you think? Like at a young age, going out to somewhere like that, that's a pretty unique uh, experience to have. Yeah, it, it completely opened my eyes in terms of there's so many different ways of working. Um, like the Singaporeans are incredibly diligent and they're so, they're just really, really precise in the work they do. And I feel the Irish have a little bit more of a kind of, ah, oh, sure, it'd be grand, you know, we'll, we'll put a bit of work in and it'll be fine. Um, whereas like their meetings could go on for maybe four or five hours um, to make sure that everything is absolutely perfect. But, you know, that kind of work, work ethic is fantastic to take on board as well. Um, and just to learn how loads of different cultures work. And yeah, it was, it was really, really interesting. And I, I, it kind of completely gave me the travel bug and kind of a desire to hopefully, you know, work abroad again in the future at some stage. Nice. Yeah. So like, I'm trying, I'm wondering now, like how the experience of that would have shaped your outlook on career. Cause you were coming home, you're going into final year, decisions to be made, all this sort of stuff. Where was yes. your head at at that point? Were you thinking, God, I wish I could stay in Asia or like, what were you thinking? <laughs> I definitely thought I'd love to go back here again for another while, but at the same token, I'm never kind of one to continue to go back to the same place, even like with holidays or something. I like to kind of go on more adventurous things and experience new places. Um, so while I was in Singapore, actually, I, I was doing my final rounds of interviews for um, an investment banking internship. Um, and I'd, I'd applied to go to London because, again, I was kind of like, if I'm able to and if there's an opportunity and if I'm lucky enough to get it, I might as well go abroad to do it, you know, because... Mm. Why not? You know, I'm studying in Dublin. I might as well try other cultures again, as you said. So, yeah, I, I, I didn't really know what I wanted, but I applied to kind of a couple of consulting and a couple of investment bank internships and luckily got offered one in an investment bank in London. So after Singapore, came back to Dublin for, I think it was maybe like six days or something <laughs> like crazy. Oh. And then then Brexit happened and I flew the next day to London um, so it was just like, what is going on in the world at the minute? Um, so started that then, I think it was end of June, yeah, in 2016. And I did that for about three months. And then, yeah, 
came back into final year then and was like, right, really to figure out what I want now because I've seen so many incredible places and, you know, what's kind of the right route for me. So that was kind of how it all happened in the lead up to final year. That's unbelievable. It's chaotic going into final yeah. year. It's class. Like, I think like one of the major benefits of moving away like that is you got nothing to do. Like you learn different things in college. That's great. You learn cultural intelligence. That's great. But just learning to be away from home and breaking out of your yeah. cultural sort of sphere is a huge like growing up point or uh, point of maturity for people. I think. So the sooner yeah. you do that, the better. 100%. Yeah, like I'm from Dublin, went to UCD, so stayed at home. So that was my first time actually experiencing living out and like really was thrown in the deep end, you know, like five, six months Singapore traveling and then three months in London. You know, I didn't just move out into Dublin somewhere first. Um, right. So, but it, it, exactly like you said, I don't think, like obviously college is fantastic and you learn a lot from, you know, whatever course you're doing. But I think getting like real life experience, if you can during college and kind of like putting yourself outside your comfort zone, that's yeah. where I definitely feel like I learned the most, you know? Yeah, it's pretty cool. So you went into Barclays and you went into yes. the M&A division. So there's loads of different yeah. divisions in Barclays and all these different banks doing different things. You went into mergers and acquisitions, which is probably the... Highest paying, the most, yeah. famous, but then like the most grueling, grueling hours as well. Um, yeah. How was that? <laughs> um, it was absolutely fascinating. Um, and I was so lucky to get into that department. Um, so there was a team, I think, of eight of us on the UK Mergers and Acquisitions team uh, interns that summer. So again, we were from kind of all over. There was actually a guy from Singapore on the team and then mostly kind of UK based and then myself. So it was a brilliant summer in terms of you're given lots of opportunities to kind of work with the directors and the team and help work on pitches. And they also give you kind of like summer internship projects as well. Mm -hmm. So you get a really good kind of insight into what life would be like. And as you said, the hours are tough, but um, they're well rewarded. And yeah, it, it was really, really like an interesting summer and made me realize I really liked London. Um, but what I kind of realized from that particular role was that what I really, really like is working face to face with people um, and kind of like interacting with the clients themselves on more of a day to day basis. And because I'd done the summer insight week the year before and kind of dabbled in consulting and the banking roles, and um, it was, I was just really lucky to get offered the banking role first. So I went for it. Um, but it kind of made me realize, okay, you need to take a step back. This has been such a great experience, but maybe you need to have a look at consulting as well, because it would offer you more of that kind of project-based client-facing role, you know? So that's, it was, it was, yeah, it was great. Were you lucky to have that level of insight at that stage or was that normal? I'm thinking like that's such a useful thing to learn about yourself before going into yeah. the real working world and committing to yeah. a job. Like you were really lucky to get that experience. I know. <laughs> were, were your peers having the same kind of breakthroughs and levels of insight? I think, yeah, I think once you do an internship, um, and especially I suppose it depends on the type of role you're in, um, but like you did get really good insight into what a real role, like as an analyst would be like in that mergers and acquisitions team. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it depends, like some internships, I guess, are more hands-on than others and others might be kind of more shadowing style roles. Um, but yeah, a lot of us who were kind of given different opportunities, some people realized this is exactly what I want. And then I know some people like me who kind of realized this is so cool, obviously it's an incredible career, but maybe it's actually not suited to kind of my skill set or, you know, where I kind of see my career going. Yeah. Um, and I think I was, I was very lucky that like my kind of passion always in life has been kind of a bit left field. It's like acting and theater and drama. So I've always known from like a very young age that I just love 
you know, interacting with people. I'm all about kind of presentations and communications and like that kind of style of work just suits me. Um, and I just kind of realized looking at kind of the years ahead of me in that kind of more of a banking role, um, it's a lot more technical maybe than, you know, it wouldn't have as much opportunity for interaction from the get-go sort of. So Yeah, you probably wouldn't have as much time for the, for yeah. the stuff as well. Yeah, oh, um, that's exactly, that's such a good point as well. Like you, you kind of, if there's stuff that you're really passionate about and you want to keep up, you know, as a hobby or whatever, you need to make sure that you pick a career that lets you do that, you know. Totally, yeah. Like that, whenever I'm working with students or, or anyone young, I'd always get them to kind of build a vision of what they want their life to look like. And if that does include something serious, that rules out a lot of different careers that might take that away. And like, yeah. It's really important to recognize that early. Um, yeah. So great that you did. Second year students, if you're talking to one now, what advice would you give based on internships, et cetera? So I think I'd say research the firms really well. Um, because obviously like you need to be a good fit for the firm, but like you also want the firm to be a good fit for you. Mm. Um, in terms of like the kind of activities they have on and talking, I think, to people who've done an internship before, or even if you can grab, say, like an analyst or an associate. Um, like I know nearly yeah, basically all of the companies I applied to and you know looked into, they were all really generous with their time and would always say, Oh yeah so-and-so was in a similar position they did commerce or they did best and they'd be happy to give you a call if you want for half an hour and I think like that sort of research even though it takes about 30 minutes like it's just invaluable in terms of your kind of like long-term you know projection where you see yourself with that company and because there's so many out there like I think there's even more now definitely than when I was applying for internships and jobs and I think it's so hard to distill like what what actually am I looking for now? You know, so I think talking to people is the best way to figure it out. I agree. And that that that's all part of the path towards self-awareness, which I think is the key to figure yeah. it out. Um what was the question I had in my head there? Yes, the whole <laughs> question. Uh, J1 versus internship. How is many people struggle with that? What's your take on that? Oh, that's a tough one. Um I well, I, I didn't do a J1, so I would say internship but I did consider doing a J1 at the end of like after third year and um, when I finished final year but what we decided to do instead was just to go traveling because we'd secured jobs all of us so we said let's do Central America and then nice. fly into LA and visit all of our friends that are doing J1s <laughs> so I don't know it's a very specific way to do it but I, I think what I'd advise is try and get like your internship in early if you can even if it's like a two-week thing like you know the insight week I think the insight weeks are kind of they go under the radar a little bit like not everybody knows about them so if you can get an insight week early on in you know in college I think it just really opens your mind to the possibilities that are out there rather than kind of third year if you're in like a four-year degree or end of second year just starting to look at internships yeah um, and that will kind of help you decide no I know I want to do it say you, you know always you want to go into audit or tax or something or you know one of the professional services then you know go for your J1 you know your kind of experience will probably be similar in your grad year versus the internship where you know get a, a shorter internship in third year you know summer one and then go and do your J1 at the end of fourth year you know I think it, it is about balance. You have to enjoy yourself as well. Yeah. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. So say we're like, we're the final day of that summer then, you're just finished up in Barclays. What, yeah. How did your thinking evolve and what did you do to end up in KPMG uh, a year later then? 
So I think probably one of the key um, things that kind of guided me towards consulting was I'd always done kind of case study competitions in college. Um, and I loved them. I absolutely, again, I think it kind of links into the kind of acting drama side, but obviously it's got a huge emphasis on business and strategy. So it kind of linked the two aspects of my life, like commerce and drama. So I had done one with BCG. I think, yeah, that one was in final year. And then I did another one with KPMG then, I think a little bit later in final year. And I was just getting such a buzz off them. And it was from the KPMG case study competition that I learned that you could actually do accounting exams and work in consulting, which was something that I honestly wasn't aware of at the time. I kind of thought you had to decide to dedicate yourself to consulting and st- like not actually do the professional qualification. But KPMG risk consulting, I think, is in actually quite a unique position that they offer you both. So that was something that really sold it to me. I was like three years in college. I want to get experience. I was ready. I suppose after doing the summer internship, like you said, you want to earn again really quickly. Like kind of masters wasn't, you know, at the forefront of my mind at the time. I was like, I want to get into work, but I really do feel I want to continue to learn. So having the opportunity to do the accounting exams with risk consulting, that kind of sold it to me in the end. Interesting. So we know you wanted to do consulting based on the kind of two technical work in Barclays and then the exams were the desire to keep learning. Did you have like a kind of long-term plan with the exams as well? Because a lot of people do. Yeah, I, I think I just researched kind of, I suppose, kind of really successful people and a lot of CFOs and a lot of kind of CEOs seem to have the ACA qualification. Um, and it was something that starting commerce, I absolutely would have written off. There was no chance I wanted to go and do the ACA exams. Like it just didn't appeal to me. But I think there's kind of like a misconception that the, so the ACA is the qualification I'm doing. Or hopefully would have just done, I'm getting my results next Friday. So Whoa, hopefully I'll okay. have passed. Um, but so ACA is Associate and um, Chartered Accountant. And people kind of think have this idea that it's a pure accounting exam. But what I've found over since I've actually started into it, it's much more of a broader business qualification, a professional business qualification. So like about 40% of my final admittance exams were based on financial reporting. The other 60% were a mix between strategy, data analytics, emerging technologies, um, finance, management accounting, like a, a real, really, really, really broad spectrum. And that you're getting qualified in and it just kind of gives you an extremely well-rounded business and commercial awareness which I think is just invaluable you know going forward in your career. I had never heard that before I'd never heard yeah. I, up until now thought that it was very accounting focused as well. I think as well I'm lucky in that so with audits say with, with your final accounting the admittance exams you do everyone does the core which is the one that has the kind of 40 percent of the financial reporting and then basically your elective is equally weighted to the the core exam but in audit you do audit in tax you do tax like that's your elective whereas in consulting advisory services you do the advisory elective um, and it's much more of a broad business case and you're kind of advising clients on general kind of business things such as like their financial state and kind of capital structure and strategy for the future um, and any all of the kind of like data analytics emerging technologies like the artificial intelligence that all came onto the course this year for the first time so it's really evolving and um, the qualification with 
kind of as as our careers progress as well into more and more technology focused. So yeah, I think it's it's definitely not known as much how how much of a broad qualification it is. And yeah. I was very pleasantly surprised when I learned that. Oh, that's a brilliant thing. I really wasn't aware of that. It kind of makes me regret not doing it now as well. The journey of doing that, is it really hard or is it very manageable with the full-time job? I know KPMG make it really manageable for you. Like they give you time off yeah. to study all that sort of stuff. Yeah, no, it's definitely tough. Like there's no point, you know, saying it's not. Um, but I think if it if it's something you want, um, there's definitely ways to get it. Um, with the support of KPMG, as you said, and all of the other firms, they they give you a really, really, really good study leave. So during the year, it's obviously a little bit challenging if you have midterms because you're working full time and you're just, you might get maybe one day off before the mm-hmm. interim assessment. So uh, to be honest, I kind of find, I find those exams were the toughest because you could be on a super busy project, you know, really demanding clients. And then you have this exam on a Saturday and you just have the Friday off before for like a 15, 20% exam. So they're the ones that I find tough, but you, you know, everyone, the, the, what I find is there's like a real community within each department in KPMG and nearly everyone in the department has been through the same route as you before. Yeah. So there's a real understanding of, okay, there's an exam coming up, let's help her or him as much as possible to get through it. Because at the end of the day, everyone just wants you to try and, you know, your best chance of passing them first time. Um, and then the study leave for the actual, the main part of the exams, like it's so generous. Um, so yeah, we work it's maybe. It's really generous. It's way more generous than Australia. I remember that. I remember my Aussie friends were doing them and like they barely any time off. And I told them how much my Irish friends had off. They <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. a really good setup here for that. It is. It's great. Like you work maybe nine, 10 months of each year and then you've got about two to three months of study leave depending on the exams. So yeah, yeah it, it's, it's a big help and it's it's nice because it's quite difficult to switch directly. Obviously, you're fully professional working on client side, possibly dealing with directly with clients the entire time and then to go back to being a student. Hmm. So that kind of transition is a little bit difficult. Um, but, you know, you, you kind of each, each year as well, you get better at it and you figure out kind of ways that help you switch over. So like for me, yeah. I always took like two or three days off before maybe went on like a short break or something and then put my head down and got stuck into it then so okay on the point of transitions though i've actually seen it be very useful in a really kind of hidden way where people struggle with the transition from student to worker full-time like as mm. in, they just it, it's hard to become a, a professional full-time um, yeah. uh, people lose a lot of discipline in college naturally because there's no real yeah. hands on them Doing the exams on top of work, on top of maybe for you, it would be acting for some of these uh, friends of mine who I saw had incredible benefits for were mm-hmm. rugby players. Yeah. Uh, to have two or three disciplines or more than one in your life, that you learn the art of discipline so well at a young age as, a, as an early professional, that will stand to you yeah. for years and years. That's like a really hidden but massive benefit of doing these exams. For sure. Like the whole kind of time management, like if someone asked me what's the biggest struggle of doing the exams, like it's a hundred percent just trying to balance your time between each of the kind of important things in your life at that time. Um, but you, you do, you kind of learn it without even knowing that you're learning yeah. it because it's kind of like fight or flight. Like you have to do this if you want to pass them and you know, you need to pass them to progress to the next year, but you know, you need to deliver to the client. So you do, you just, you learn to adapt and there's so much support. Like anytime 
I remember one time I went in to print my notes in KPMG one one um, weekend and there was one of the seniors who was having to do a little bit of work at the weekend and he could see me totally flustered, didn't know where I was starting, what files did I need to print, how was I going to organise this? And he just came over and was like, Ashley, do you want a hand? Like, do you want me to show you how I laid out mine? Like, took time out of his actual work that he was doing, sat okay. me down for an hour, ran through everything. Like, that's just one example, but people's kindness and generosity of time is fantastic in there and they're the sort of little things that really help you get through it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, not a from what I gather, you must have been pretty good at time management because you became, or you were, uh, you won the award for Grad Ireland's uh, <laughs> of the year, this year as well. So, Thanks. massive congratulations. How did Thank you, you very that? much. What, what goes into that effort? So, basically, the, the Grad team contacted me. I'd done quite a bit of work with them over the last couple of years in terms of Grad recruitment. Um, so I suppose they kind of knew I liked presenting and, you know, I liked talking to people. So um, they reached out to me. I think the first one was in first year, just to kind of get involved in some of the grad brochures and, you know, some of the, the introduction stuff we'd have for graduates if they were inquiring into KPMG. And then second year, I did a little bit more, kind of was one of the, the faces of the campaign, I suppose. And then third year, they asked me to present at their graduate recruitment evening. Um, so that's all the kind of, you know, firms will have those where they invite graduates in to hear about, you know, what, what's, what's the firm like to work for and what can I be expected to do in my role? So we have our managing partner, Seamus Hand, he'll speak at it and then there'll be a representative from each um, department. So they asked me to speak at that. Um, and then I suppose just for kind of like the different work I'd done, I, like I've been really lucky. I got involved with the CSR activities in KPMG and I've, I've been asked to work on some fantastic uh, client projects. Like I've had such brilliant exposure to the really, really broad range of clients that KPMG has. So, so it's just a mix of that then that when it came around to the Grad Ireland Awards, the, the team asked if they could nominate me for the category of Graduate Employee of, Employee of the Year. And I was like, yes, of course, I would love to be. Um, like, thank you. And then the awards were due to be held in the Mansion House in March, but obviously... COVID interrupted and that didn't happen. And um, so they shortlisted, I think, 12 of us from different kind of grad programs in maybe it was May or June time. And then I found out maybe about a month ago, a month and a half ago that I'd won. But it was during study leave and I got a call from Suzanne and I honestly thought I'd imagined the whole thing. I was like, I'm hallucinating. <laughs> I've been doing too much study and I've completely imagined this. Um, but yeah, it was true. And it was it's the nicest news ever to get. It's a huge achievement. And you, you're kind of uh, being humble and saying you were just lucky to get this exposure. That exposure was earned, and I think it was earned largely by, I'd imagine, uh, soft skills, which I think uh, a lot of people like in this generation actually lack. So uh, if someone yeah. can focus on the soft skills, talking to people, presenting, that sort of stuff, it does for go sure. a very long way in these big companies, for sure. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. It's a massive credit to you that you got to, to get that exposure in the first place and then carry it through. So, um, Thank you. Congratulations. Thanks. So switching into a couple of quick fire questions now, which you've yep. had very little warning about. <laughs> Is there a book or a resource or anything that you would recommend for people uh, to check out in, in just figuring out life in general? Um, well, something that I used quite a lot during college was the Harvard Business Review. And I used it for kind of like projects in college, but also just generally kind of really, really interesting articles that kind of sparked interests for me. Um, so. 
if, if there's anything that I recommend to any kind of business student, it would be to kind of start having a look at those kind of articles, have a read of the Financial Times, um, even like podcasts. What I what I found over um, quarantine was I really needed podcasts to listen to. Yours is obviously fantastic. <laughs> um, <laughs> Where's the blog coming here? <laughs> but I, I, I came across this one called Business Wars um, during quarantine and... I absolutely loved it. It basically takes um, the two kind of leading competitors in an industry and sees how they basically fought out till the end. Um, so one really interesting one was Facebook uh, versus Snapchat. And then obviously the introduction of Instagram and how Facebook ended up acquiring Instagram and just how they fought that out to kind of where they currently are today. And then the latest episode was all about the introduction of TikTok. Um, so it's so interesting. And there was there's another really, really cool couple of ones. Like I'm listening to about the diamond wars at the minute, like how the diamond industry was created. I, you know, just really like random industries, but really interesting. Um, so I think just like listening to podcasts, trying to educate yourself as much as possible, having like a commercial awareness about interesting topics. Mm. If you can bring up something like that in an interview, that's a bit left field, but still relevant to you know, a consulting role or whatever sort of role you're going for. It just shows that you're interested and you're not just kind of doing a tick the box, ex- tick the box exercise, you know, yeah. you kind of have other interests. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, is there a thing you did in college or didn't do in college? Now, to be honest, it sounds like you did most things, but uh, <laughs> you wish you did in college or something you're really glad you did in college? Um, something I'm really glad. Probably getting involved with the drama society I'm really glad I did um I think it can be really nerve-wracking to put yourself out there in societies in college but I think go for it you know find what's of interest to you like I was I think the only student from Quinn Business School in Dramsock or one of the only active ones because you know it is it's a bit random but like I think if, if you have an interest in something, don't be afraid that, oh, it doesn't quite fit into the particular role or, you know, career. Go for it. If you have an interest, whether it be drama, rugby, tennis, whatever, you know, get involved in that society because actually having something different to your career path, I think is really important. So, yeah, yeah that'd yeah. be some advice. <laughs> yeah, uh, best advice you've ever been given? Oh, that's such a tough one. Finally. Um, <laughs> It's actually, it's, it's, a, it's a quote that I came across while I was um, doing my FAEs and it was actually the title of one of the, um, the like accounting, the Chartered Accounting Institute's, um, one of their kind of newsletters. I was from Marcus Aurelius, who was one of the, the Roman, Empire, Roman emperors and it said, learn to be indifferent to that which makes no difference. And it just really stuck with me. Um, and I found it really helpful during covid and study leave that there's so much kind of like out of our control at the minute so all you kind of can do is just focus on what you can do you know and a lot of things don't really matter anymore it's just kind of you know focus on what's the most important thing to you and getting through getting getting that it's getting that achieved you know mm. um so yeah i think i think that really helped and i think as well, a lot of people just try and do too much so it's like just focusing on what actually makes a difference to you and yeah. yeah, I think that helps. <laughs> nice. Mark Sturgis has a really good book as well called Meditations, which is like... Yes, it's on my list to get. No, it's on my list. It's the most dense thing you will ever read. Like after everything, <laughs> you take a break and think about it and go for a walk. So it'll probably take like six months to read, but it's brilliant. Really? 
So um, okay. I recommend that to people as well. I'll definitely uh, get that. And that kind of jumps the gun on the last question, which was a quote to live by. Unless you can think oh, of it. Oh, sorry. It's from Yvonne Schuenard, the founder of Patagonia, who I love. Okay. Um, he, he's a really wise person. And I'm going to butcher the quote, but basically <laughs> saying, in order to do evil, all you have to do is do nothing. Something like that. So basically okay. saying, if you're not doing good, you're on the side of bad, pretty much. Okay. Um, and he was talking about it in relation to environmentalism, but you can kind of talk about it fairly. Um, Very good. That's it. Thank you so much. That was really good. Really appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you <coming>. also. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Talk to you again.